Hello everyone, thanks for joining in. I am Shubha Kamkhadiya and welcome to episode 19 of Dastan Rahi. It is a travel talk where we get to know about amazing places through wonderful stories of various travelers. So today's guest is a biker, traveler and a nature lover. She is a researcher by profession and is a passionate bike rider. Today she is going to talk about her experiences of bike riding and experiences from her field visits. So guys, without any further delay, let's get on board Pranuti Chopa Patla. Hi Pranuti, welcome to Dastai Rahi. It's a pleasure to have you. Hi Shubha, thank you very much. How are you doing? How is everything? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing good, thank you so much. So, you know, to begin with, uh, tell me how traveling happened to you, how it started and how the interest grew. Um, so basically, like as a kid, we like, you know, family vacations and all were like, you know, we used to go on vacations, but it used to be a mix. Like, you know, in family, you have people who actually like spending some time with nature and some people who like to go to these religious places and all. So it was a mix um, of things, uh, like at least once in two years or once in a year, we used to go for a vacation and like, you know, uh, I mean, we never had, I never had this thing of like my grandparents because everyone was in, were in Hyderabad. So I never had this thing of going to grandparents' home for a vacation, but we used to go together to some new place and like see different things. So I think that's how it started off in the beginning. But I think my master's was like one place, like, you know, the turning point of how I perceived travel to be, it completely changed for me uh, because like I've been to different field visits when I'm a master's student. And uh, then, uh, like, you know, I've, I've done my master's in Maharashtra. So you have a lot of treks there. So a lot of places, like, see the all beautiful places to go and visit. So I think that kind of changed my perspective of travel and, like, you know, going on treks and, say, uh, weekend trips and things like that. Not like a vacation, but like a little, small little trip. And you just go and come back to your being a huge uh, self on a Monday morning again. So, yeah, that's how it kind of started for me. <laughs> Okay, and how, how did the riding started? Because I know you have a very keen interest in biking and riding. So, I I to know about that too. Um, so, riding is basically, it's a long, long story. It's not like one fine day I just woke up and I wanted to be a rider. It has been there since a long time. Like, I think, like, since my childhood. I, I was always keen on riding and driving and, like, you know, initially having a cycle and then a scooty and then a motorcycle and stuff like that so i don't know my love for this motorbike started even before i could pronounce hero honda properly so my dad used to have a cheta but i was so adamant i i really liked uh the, i don't know i was so attracted to the tank of the hero honda i for what reason i don't know till date so i was so attracted to it and um, i used to always uh, like you know ask him like you know dad why don't you get a hero bonda because at that point in time i never even like i was so small i was used to call it a hero bonda and not a hero honda also so uh, and finally we actually got our first uh, hero honda uh, and splendor basically and yeah uh, it started off like that but i never got to actually ride i only used to sit on the tank and like you know hold the uh, handlebar and i used to feel as if i was riding though it was like dad used to do that but so that's how it started, but I never actually got to ride a hero for like yeah, the Splendor as such. Because uh, later on, my dad, uh, like, you know, 
uh, we shifted to another scooty the gearless vehicle because my mom also learned a uh, gearless and things like that we had hirona but it was just there so off late we started uh, not using it much and then i actually got a lot of interest into riding and once it's a secret basically so because like my family doesn't know about this um when we were when i was my grand like my maternal grandparents uh, house uh we had my uncle's uh, bike okay and we like a cousin a younger cousin of mine uh, and i we just sneaked out we took the keys and we went and i think it was in was in my like 6th 7th standard or something so i was like at least like good enough where i could balance my the bike but i didn't know anything about a bike so my cousin was behind me and i just changed the gear i, I think i released the uh, you know the clutch very fast that like you know, something happened and something a sort of a wheelie kind of a thing happened and my brother was so scared so scared he just jumped out of the uh, bike he's like i'm not coming anywhere with you i mean i can't do this i can't risk my life so yeah. but people were in awe they were like oh my god this girl did something new and it's really nice but only i know that you know that's a mishap and not some uh, like you know kind of a uh what i initially like initially wanted to do then slowly somehow we just got the bike back and parked it and put it back so this is something which not a lot of people know so yeah that's i, I mean it started off there but yeah, yeah i mean after this everyone would know your stuff <laughs> i mean i mean maybe i just made it public and like you know i might be screwed by my dad for doing this but yeah it's okay now it's fine now that i have license and all it's fine Yeah. Then actually, I really wanted to learn, but my dad was not. He was like, I mean, do uh, you really think like you know? He was not against, dead against it, but he was like, why? And I was like, I just like it. I didn't have, an, I couldn't give any concrete reason of why. And he was like, let's see. And he was like, you know, we'll think about it and kind of. And meanwhile, I joined an institute, um, and there, a sports week is a big deal for us in that institute. and uh, so uh, this uh, we do bike escorting and all that uh, for sports meet and then uh, i actually told my dad see now that i'm i've joined this institute i think if i don't i get a chance to uh, do bike escorting i need to like you know learn a bike like you know it's not like i get a chance and then i don't know how to do it and i lose it i i really like doing it so i want to learn so that's when when uh, one uh, you know a friend's brother had come uh, home uh, and he got his apache it was a new one like i mean i feel so sad for that person uh, he got his new apache and he's like i was like anna in telugu is brother so anna can you just give me i want to ride i i just want to ride i told him i don't know anything about this you tell me and he, like by then i actually had my license for uh, like the gearless vehicle and all so he was like okay you know how to balance it so you know the basics i'll just tell you what a gear is and what a clutch is and all that you can go ahead So he just told me that, and that's how I started off in back in 2012. Uh, so the official say I was initiated into bike riding, so, but uh, of course, like I was in the brass band uh, in the university, so I didn't actually get an opportunity to um, you know do the bike escorting, but I learned it in that way. Like you know, it just us bahane me the I still teach liya vaise vehicle you know gadi chalana. Then I used to like literally beg borrow every every other bike I used to see like you know friends bike or brothers bike anyone used to come was like can I please ride your bike can I please ride your bike so it used to be like you know if someone is coming with a new bike to my home I'm riding it it just be it used to be like that so I mean I I bought a lot of vehicles 
but i think royal enfield was one of it which i never had a chance like i mean one of my uncles actually had but i mean i never got a chance somehow to ride it okay so then i went to my masters in pune a friend of mine he was not even my like you know classmate uh, we were in the same college he was from a different course so he had a royal enfield and i was so fascinated like you know uh, i asked like see i i've never ridden one royal enfield but you know that i ride bikes like it's not like bikes are new to me but royal enfield is definitely new if you trust me can you please give your bike to me and i don't know he was so sweet like that person he's like yeah fine you could go for a ride and that was the moment i fell in love with riding i was like this is what i really want i mean i i i used to crave for a royal enfield so much so i came back home and like you know i spoke with my dad mom my sister was super supportive she was like ab nahi to kab karegi like you know it's like the time you know you don't have to think uh, so it took us a while to kind of convince my parents they were little worried about the weight they were like if you want to take a motorcycle it's not a problem but the royal enfield is little heavy so do you really want to take that so my dad was giving me different options and like i was like no i want the royal enfield and stuff like that yeah. so then we bargained like you know finally i landed with my current vehicle it's a classic 350 gunvert livery wow that's my biking started oh that's a complete story of getting a bike huh? <laughs> i know i from not knowing how to call a hero honda to like owning my own vehicle it's something so surreal every every time i think of it i mean it's i count it as a blessing in life because i get to do a lot of things because i have that so yeah Wow, amazing! Amazing to know that. So, which is which is one of your most memorable rides? Um, so memorable rides. There are different memorable rides in different aspects. So, uh, one of my first rides, like you know, I I don't even know if I if I call it a long ride in the bikers' jungle because it was just a two uh, fifty kilometer ride uh, one way from Bangalore to Anandpur. Okay, so I did a five hundred kilometer up and down. So what happened was, I mean, it was in a two-day span, uh, and I didn't have any gear. I had just a bag, a vehicle, and highway was the first time for me. Um, so I was just like, you know, I was like, "Jo hoga dekha jayega" type of thing. Like, you know, okay, I'm just hitting the road. And I, one thing I make sure is like, when parents have given me the freedom to kind of, you know, ride a bike, and I mean. it's not like they yeah like you know uh, not like you uh, as an adult it's obviously your choice but i think parents trust you when they kind of like you know uh, say oh, it's okay like you know uh, my uh, girl also rides a bike but she's careful so that kind of trust they have in me so i don't uh, kind of want to break it so what i did was i made sure i would stick to the left line and not cross uh, 80 or something so that which is my first time So I was like, I'll go slow, but I'll make sure I'll reach the destination. Maybe an hour late, but safe and sound, just so that everyone is happy. And I'm, I, I like you know, I, it's like an achievement for me. So that way, I did that ride. So because it was my first ride, it was, it was a memorable one. Yeah. And then later, another one was uh, with my mom. So it was my first time taking a pillion. So right after this ride, this happened in Jan, but I got a break. And then in July, my mom came to surprise me for my birthday. So there was an impromptu plan that we made up, and uh, she came to Bangalore. So we went to Bihar Hills. From Bangalore to Bihar Hills, it's around 
200-220 kilometers something. Uh, and so up and down, we did a 444 kilometer. So she was my fillion, and trust me, she's the best fillion one could ask for. My bike didn't have a backrest. Uh, I mean, she is now 50, uh, 50 years old. So say three years back, 47, and I mean, still not a very young age where a person could sit as a pillion and hold a bag. So right. my, I didn't have a backrest. I didn't have a place where I could tie my luggage. So she had a bag on her back all that while. And it was the first time I had pillion. So I had my share of doubts, but it was smooth. Like our uh, drive on the highway and all that is smooth. And just before we, uh, so BR Hills is basically a tiger reserve. So at the foothills, you get a slip. Uh, and uh, that slip is basically the time that they know down here. You need to cross that area without stopping and produce that slip on the other end. So any uh, reserves usually have this so that they make sure you don't stop in between. Right. So I was like, okay, so far so good. We did well. So I, that, I mean, that was the first time I was doing a little guard section also with a pillion uh, to top it. So I was a little skeptical. And God has his own plans and it started raining. Okay. Okay. It started raining cats and dogs. And I was like, oh my God. Now already I have this lift. I need to go in that time. What do I do? And I just started slowly going. And it was such a memorable ride. So it was also memorable because of this. And one more reason is like, we went to a safari the next morning. And in safari, we couldn't actually spot a lot of these celebrated, uh, you know, charismatic species of, like, say, a tiger or an elephant. And I was like, we few, found a few deers and other birds and all that. But I was like, oh, my God, I wish we saw at least an elephant, if not a tiger. Yeah. Trust me, and I just thought of this, and we started our bike. Like, you know, safari was in our jeep. So till the safari, we went in a bike. While coming back, um, I was riding, okay. And my mom was like, did you see that? I was like, what? And I was like, you can just say like, you know, say six feet was the distance between me and an elephant. And it was a tusker. Wow. That was such a memorable experience. Like both of us were so happy. Like, you know, we were like, TK, we, we, we couldn't get a lot of um, these uh, things on the safari. And maybe even if we saw an elephant in a safari, it might not be this close to us. So we were like, and it, the tusker was so calm. It was just finding its own business. It was um, like, you know, eating the grass and all. So I said, see, I'll switch off the engine because the sound might irritate. The Royal Enfield is a little loud vehicle. So I said, the sound might irritate the um, animal. So I'll switch off. And I'm not like taking my phone to click a picture or something because if it is agitated, the first thing we, have to, we need to do is run from here. So I don't have the time to put my phone inside and then start the vehicle. So you, you watch the animal. I'm watching it from here. Both of us will watch it. You click a picture if you want a picture or two. And we'll watch it. And he said, once we are happy, we are done, we'll leave. And we were quite happy. And then uh, the animal just started moving to the other side for grass. And we were like, okay, we've seen it. And I think it's high time we don't disturb and like, you know, enter into its uh, private space. So we were like, we were so happy. And we started off back from there. So that's one, another purely memorable incident. Such a beautiful yeah. memory. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially it was performed. <laughs> I'm sure it's special. I know. I mean, so um, I, I made sure I take her to ride once in a while because my dad can't sit on a bike now. But I mean, he's a bit given his age and he has a slip desk and things like that. So I feel when my mom can still sit on a bike and enjoy with me, I feel I need to take her to places in like, you know, I don't know. I feel it as my privilege to take her on a bike and like, you know, show her places. So 
that's something which i really enjoy that's lovely that's lovely so you you are also part of some biker group i believe would you like to tell us about that so yeah biker in the sense like you know um, i basically am not a big group person i tend to go for individual right like individual is like little little groups is fine but one group i'm really proud to be a part of is the bikerni so bikerni is basically an all women group um so it has different chapters it has a chapter in mumbai it has a chapter in pune it has a chapter in bangalore likewise it has a chapter in hyderabad too and jebharti uh popularly known as jb is uh, the lead for hyderabad chapter so that's one group i'm really proud to be a part of because that's a safe space like you know it's a all women group and like minded people come together so we go for a ride we stop it's it's so you feel so empowering to be a part of a group like biker news so yeah that's one thing but otherwise i usually don't prefer big groups like you know say 30 bikes together or something because i had uh, one not so great experience like you know uh, while my travel from bangalore to goa 2019 mm, i went to buy a uh, ridomania the royal enfield uh, all riders uh, come from different parts of india and we're in goa basically most of them ride their own bikes in like you know come from different parts so i went fortunate to be there uh, in person and on my bike but my travel on way was not so great because like i tend to kind of go at my own pace and like you know take my take um, breaks whenever i really like to or like you know i don't uh, take a break because of something if i want to take a break or if i see something really interesting or something that's when i usually take a break so it's not like i need to finish off so many kilometers in a day or something i don't go by that and ever in any right so but if when it's a large group it makes sense for people to have such rules because it, it otherwise it gets difficult for them to manage so that's when i realized i'm not a very big uh, group kind of a person but yeah otherwise it's little groups like minded people four five bikes together perfect perfect group for me that makes sense so yeah, i remember when we spoke last time you were telling me that actually you came back from goa from this trip all alone actually yeah because like i realized i couldn't come back with the group um not so much because i had some trouble with those people but as such i was not i couldn't fit in the group well so i decided because uh, also chorla ghat was uh, the thing that we had to pass from goa to come to bangalore i thought like see ghat section in the morning shouldn't be a problem as such because i did ghat in the night anyway while go crossing uh, Uh, uh like you know while going to goa so i felt once the ghat section is anyway the highway so it shouldn't be a problem so i started started off slow and yeah uh, they said uh, from bangalore uh, from goa to bangalore it should take us but well, enough fast was what google uh, told me and i came to bangalore in 13 hours including all my breaks lunch break tea break everything all in all 13 hours back so i felt so happy i mean though my i what i do when i'm riding solo in such situations is i send live locations just so that people at home or someone like you know a friend of mine or something they know where i am <laughs> so a few precautions is really necessary um i mean i'm not just saying because i'm a girl or something when you're riding solo any person like you know one other person should know like you know your whereabouts so <laughs> i i really 
connect so it might be a girl or a guy if uh, like you know uh, your family or something they know where you are i think it makes them feel secure it makes you feel secure so what happened was like when i was coming back i sent it to a friend of mine who stays in bangalore so i sent it to him and i sent it to my dad so every now and then if i was stopping for uh, like more than 10 minutes or something in a place my dad, i used to call my dad to just let him know like you know i'm not in any trouble but i i've stopped for say tea break or like say a lunch break or something and if i didn't call he would call and ask like you know everything is fine so that way it was a very secure in a way and also i also had this roadside uh, assistance uh, feature from royal enfield so i subscribe uh, every year i subscribe for it just in case like there's a breakdown or something and some god for second land they come and help you out so that's one confident i confident i had back then i was like okay like what can like what can go wrong to what extent max to max my wife might break down and i have to like you know spend overnight in a place or something so that was like okay i'm prepared for it let's see what happens yeah. but luckily nothing as such happened and i reached fantasy everyone was happy <laughs> that i reached early also so yeah yeah and that that was again a solo ride for you yeah it was a solo ride so yeah that's amazing that's a- i enjoy my own company while riding because i feel that's one time when i kind of communicate with my machine and like you know i i mean i literally speak with it i communicate a lot um, with my machine and also it's some like you know i mean by concentrating on the road i i am mindful of what i'm doing but um i kind of introspect a lot of things like about whatever is happening at that point in time it's kind of i'm happy i go for a ride i'm sad i go for a ride and excited i go so anything i usually like traveling so any emotion it comes out to me in, in the uh, in in my travel those too so i mean the pandemic has kind of taken a toll on my travel but 2019 i mean, i used to stay in bangalore even if you think like you know i must have come home say a good uh, six to eight times in 2008 2019 i have done 49 uh, trips wow. in 2019 alone yeah. so yeah i mean 54 you have 54 weeks so 49 weeks i have been traveling so somewhere or the other so that's amazing yeah Uh, you know, talking about the bicycle, um, if somebody would like to join the group, what is the process, or is there any basic requirement to be part of the group? Um, so basically, bicycle is an all-woman thing. So we make sure we don't have any uh, false kind of representations in the group. Uh, like you know, sometimes like you know, a guy might call. I mean, I'm not. I just I don't mean to offend anyone by saying this, but. if someone who is very inquisitive to see what happens in a group and like you know they want to join they might create a fake account and just say like you know i'm this person and i want to join so what we try to do is just to have a check on that kind of uh, entries we make sure uh, there is a, a driving license because if you're a rider you need a driving license and uh, say i think aadhar card or something any uh, address proof uh, should do i think if that is provided to the a lead of the that particular chapter you can be a, a part and one good thing about this is see they announce rights uh and it's not like you if whichever ride you uh, is uh, is being announced you need to be a part of it so wherever whenever you have time it's basically a passion group so it's your passion it, you don't have to kind of 
feel pressurized to be a part of it you are part of it you are part of it that's all it's not like just because you are a part of it you have to uh, like you know complete so many number of rides or so many number of kilometers and that doesn't happen so uh, once you just clear this basic formality and you ride with the group once just so that we, we know you're authentic you're a person like you know you're a real person in that i think you will be part of the group and you'll be added to uh, the whatever means of communication we follow okay yeah that sounds amazing i'm sure uh, girls listening to this and who are interested can definitely you know get in touch with bike instructors yeah. and can they sure because like you know they should actually get in touch because i feel this is such a noble kind of a group because i have not i have not seen any women specific groups till now apart from my journey maybe like that's that may be my very limited knowledge but this is a pan india group so it's like you know something trustworthy and also i feel in few households people are not uh, very open to like you know sending their girls you know mixed group or something like that so this is a safe space where people can be themselves while doing what they like and be with like minded people so i think that's what bikerly opens up for women and that's why it's really important to have bikerly in as many places as possible so yeah yeah that is completely makes sense yeah Okay, so talking about all the rides and the passionate thing about you, uh, you know, moving on, I would also like to talk about the field trips you have been to. Uh, I know that you have your major in GIS and remote testing, and that has also taken you to a couple of very remote and amazing places. So, any experiences yeah. and stories from your field trips? So yeah, I mean. I just think um, I'm lucky to have this kind of a work. Also, like you know, uh, my work really takes me to different places. Uh, I'm a researcher, so you have a lot of field visits that happen. And like you know, as a tourist or a traveler, you might go to a few places, and yeah, you might explore a lot as a traveler than a tourist. Definitely, I don't say no. But as a researcher, I've been to places where I never thought I would be there. um say for example once um we were for a, we went for a training in belga and uh, the training ended and we've gone uh for a field trip and we thought like yeah we'll go to a dam and like see the dam and all that and like you know you know and once we were on the dam they were like do you want to see a drying with chamu and i we are just like um so i went to gis and remote sensing not very well was with hydrology as such so i was thinking what a what a drainage structure was and like you know how do you go so basically a drainage structure is if that's one thing um, that holds the dam in place because there's so much pressure on both the sides like you know one on one side of the dam and like you know water pressure is too much so just so that the uh, the dam doesn't break down or something uh, there are a few kind of cracks kind of a thing in the structure made so that this is some water seepage and then that again goes back to the reservoir so it's basically a structure in between like you know the the walls of the dam and then you enter into like the inside structure of the dam so it's such an amazing so we've been there it's such an amazing um experience because you know you're going like you know you have markings which say like you know minus this uh 253 feet or some some markings and all and you know you're going deeper and deeper and like you know you can also know like you know how to go uh, above uh, some uh, height and you have the air pressure you know the difference in your ear the same way you can actually feel the pressure difference uh, when you go below and like you know 
you know there's so much water around you but you're inside and there's some uh, and you also getting to see a few uh, seepages that was happening and i mean it's so interesting to know i mean i'm not a civil engineering student or a hydrologist so i i mean never knew like you know how these structures were maintained and all and it was so interesting to know like you know these kind of things which are inside and inbuilt uh, uh, like you know of a dam hold that hold it together and upright for so many years and things like that so that's one thing i can recall of as of now and uh, um so uh, because i'm into uh, hydrology i'm a socio hydrologist and uh, like you know not hydrologist hydrologist because i'm not trained in it i'm trained in uh, gis and remote sensing but i uh, go to field work um, for some ground truthing and things like that also and also to help my colleagues uh, do a few uh, you know to uh, help in the field work so once what happened uh, in that uh, on that note we uh, we went to noel bhamani area in tamil nadu and we were doing some uh, velocity the water velocity and all that uh, you know readings and all so we happened to go somewhere um, in a very remote place and uh, they uh, we didn't have so usually the noel uh, noel uh, is uh, noel bhamani doesn't it wasn't summer i guess it doesn't uh, flow very uh, you know ferociously during summer so it's like quite uh, fine and it's not a very big river so you can actually walk in and like you know take these measurements but there was one stretch where it's a remote stretch and like you know we didn't have uh, we couldn't actually walk in because there was uh, quite some flow there and we actually couldn't walk so we saw and we saw a few villagers and they were like really nice they and when you try and speak with them i mean though i don't speak their native their native tamil but i i kind of understand tamil so i was trying to do some sign language and they were telling me something so they were really nice and we finally we tried to tell them that we are seeing for something like a boat which can take us somewhere inside so that we can do our calculus like you know our measurements and calculations and then um, they said uh, we have a curriculum which we use for fishing and like you know getting other stuff from the other side of the bank but you find we can take you man we said yeah anything like you know our purpose is solved so it shouldn't matter so we went and we did our measurements and all and we came back and uh, the owner of that curriculum uh, was so sweet he was like okay now that all your serious stuff is over we'll do something fun so we're like okay fine what are we doing he said i'll take you inside the river and you'll have a merry go round kind of a feeling inside and then he just took he made sure all our instruments are all on the bank in the safe and we went inside and like you know he actually made uh, the uh, you know the curriculum go up and down it was all fun and he was, and we were like wow what how much better can it get it was a very rhetorical question okay so like it's going really good how but like what else can happen and then he was like okay now that i did do you want to try i mean who does that like i don't think any um, person oh, any uh, like you know if you go for a curriculum right in any of these places they would they wouldn't risk uh, giving it for the novices like us they didn't have that safety uh, safety all the jackets and everything i believe this was a very informal thing like you know uh, it was like he was a fisherman and he was super confident it's like i will make sure none of you will drown so this that way it was and also it was there was flow but it was summer so it was not very uh, like you know uh, strong and all that so we were like okay fine so what we did was then we got uh, then uh, my other colleagues were like it's okay like we're not uh, we don't want to do it or something like that and then i want to try so i said 
and also i told them see if the, both of them are sitting i might not be able to do and if three of us fall into the uh, like you know stream you would you would not know home to say so i said we will drop them off at the uh, uh, like you know at the bank and only both of us will go back to the uh, stream they we dropped them off at the bank and we went uh, back to the stream and then i managed to kind of get that circular motion i mean i feel good just about that because i never done something like that before and yeah i mean if i was a, any normal common man i don't think i would have got um, common person i don't think i would have got that kind of experience but yeah so work kind of gives me some other things to do and explore it must have been fun yeah i mean uh, you know trying that out <laughs> i know right so just so, kind of things you have in hampi and uh, other places also right i went to i went to hampi but i i mean again only as a uh, traveler so i just got to sit in but i never got to kind of use it and like you know yeah so, i mean yeah. cycle rides are quite uh, quite famous in hampi like whoever is visiting hampi lot, they, yeah. they do try for cycle ride yeah so uh, they are quite famous and uh, i visited hampi twice and uh, the last time i visited like you know post pandemic the second wave Yes. uh the the thing was like you know uh it was not yet completely open we thought okay if the coracle ride is not open we'll just go there and sit for some time uh, near the water body and like you know chill in the morning see the sunrise and come back yeah. and i don't know why it just happens to us so we went there and i uh, there was one person who came uh, who's the owner of the coracle he came and he was trying to dry it or something i don't remember what exactly he was trying to do So a friend of mine went and spoke. We were like, "See, we're twelve people. Uh, we're here. I'm not sure if it's open or not, or if it's okay for you." They were like, "Yeah, it's closed, but it's okay. Now that you're here, I think we can take you." So a place which is usually super crowded, there were only two couples of uh, like just the friend group of. We were a group of twelve people. Yeah. So yeah, we went there, and a place which is usually overcrowded, and they just kind of give you a small uh, sneak peek kind of a thing. They just take you and get you back. we actually had quite some time inside and we went around it was fun so yeah lucky you man <laughs> i mean you got that maybe i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe i think right when you do something out of the box like you know we could have thought like nothing is there by to go we just thought like let's just go and see if something like you know turns up that's a kind of um you know attitude you need to have when you're traveling like you know You might can just like go there and sleep in your tent or sleep in your accommodation, thinking like, "Ha, kuch nahi hai." But you just say like, "What can it be like?" You know, "Kya ho sakta hai?" I think that's the kind of attitude you need to go when you go out. Yeah. You definitely need to take chances to have such kind of experience. Definitely, but again, calculated. We need to make sure you're safe also. So yeah, very true. Very true. So Pranati, this brings us to the end of our talk, and it was amazing speaking to you. I'm I'm so happy doing this. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, and thank you everyone for joining. We'll see another wonderful traveler next week. Till then, take care. Stay safe.